Hi, Damien Christoph here. And Marcus Pierce here. After you listen to this Wellness Couch podcast, make sure you strap on your early bird wellness cape and head over to thewellnesssummer.com and book your early bird tickets. Tickets are going like hotcakes and why wouldn't they be? Because two days of powerhouse wellness featuring the Up For A Chat Girls, the new couch rock star, Kale Brock, the natural nutritionist, Steph Lowe, our beautiful special guest, Nat Kringudis, Quirky Joe Witten, Marcus Pierce, MP, our brother, the wellness guys, and more should not be missed. Get ready for some serious wellness, inspiration, education, extrapolation, information, fermentation, and so much more. Head to thewellnesssummit.com and book your tickets now. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christoph, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damien Christoph. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is The Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicating bringing wellness to our lives. And today, we're I'm back. I'm so excited. We're all back. I've got Who's that guy doing the intro demo? Oh, he sounds Canadian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, they brought in the international star now uh, because uh, they just couldn't hack the Australian accents. <laughs> I've got excitement. I've got my pulses up. My blood pressure feels like it's gone from you know seventy two over fifty one, um, probably up to eighty two over fifty one. I'm excited. We're back. Well, you know, I'm excited. Yeah, we're definitely back, and we're, we're, uh, we've re- we've reformed the band. <laughs> the band's gone back together and uh we, we we've sorted our disputes and uh not just joking we've been busy working on the wellness summit guys i mean let's face it we've been uh um you know putting our heads down and really focusing on on creating uh an, an exceptional event uh the wellness summit really excited in august uh, in melbourne and uh, hope that a lot of our uh, listeners are going to join us there but more importantly i'm really excited about this particular episode simply because people have been asking uh, about you know this interview about the wellness guys and we you know we done obviously myself and we done an interview on Damien we found out everything but everybody's been asking what, what about what about that third guy what, what, what's Brett <laughs> don't you want to know about Brett but the thing is is that we've actually done this intentionally because we know so many of you just love to hear about what the Brett story and 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 how he became Brett Hill and so we've been holding back we've been holding back holding back just to kind of tease it out a little bit more but I think it's time that people get to know our famous Dr. Brett Hill of the Wellness Guy. So, Brett, welcome to the show, as always. <laughs> uh, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm so excited to be on. I'm a bit worried that Lawrence is asking about how I became Brett Hill. I'm not sure if he wants the birds and bees or the stork or how he wants me to go about that. I'm not sure if my parents are okay with that being aired on the public on the show. Well, you got a surprise. But, um, we actually got your parents here on the call. Not joking. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, listen. Okay. Well, let me ask you the first question, Brett. Um, obviously, you know, you, people know our story from our 200 episode that uh, you know we had the discussion about creating the wellness guy. But before the wellness guys, I think you know one of my favorite um, movies is, is the Batman. You know, not the original Batman, but the, uh, the the origin story of the Batman. And I love origin stories about just how does uh, a person, a superhero like you, become who you are. You know, the backstory. <laughs> so let's start with the beginning. You know, like you can start wherever you want. How do you know? What is your journey into in terms of health and wellness? Where did, where did it get started? Um, and your actual interest in you know the the you know this industry of health and wellness? Oh, I tell you what, it's an interesting. It it really it probably goes way back. So I've actually got a drawing that uh, that that sits sometimes sits on my fridge or sometimes sits at my mum's house that I drew when I was in year two at school. And so when I was in year two at school, I drew this drawing. They asked us to draw on this drawing, what do you want to be when you grow up? 
And, uh, and my mum was very excited about what I drew because the first part of what I drew was myself in this little suit. I was a waiter. You had a suit? And, uh, and I had a suit on. I know. Suit? Did you have shoes? And what I, and what I said was, <laughs> and this is what excited my mum, what I said was, I'm going to be a it's waiter to pay my way through college. So not only did I think I was going to go to college, but I thought I was going to have to pay my own way through in year two. Wow. So mum thought that was pretty cool. Mm. And then the second half of it was I said I was going to be a physiotherapist. Wow. So even at that young so age, you I disappointed knew I her twice. I know. <laughs> Even at that young age, I knew I wanted to do something involving health. I wanted to somehow involved in this health area. And as I grew up, I actually had two second cousins. I've got two second cousins who are now chiropractors. Wow. And as they were growing up, they were studying chiropractic. They're twins. Um, they both practice here in Adelaide. And, uh, and they were going through their program and they were actually babysitting me. And so I got wow. kind of exposed to this thing called chiropractic from quite a young age. I had no idea what it was. I'd never been to see a chiropractor. But it's probably the only reason I knew that chiropractic existed in some way, shape or form is that I had these two second cousins who did this thing called chiropractic. And it wasn't really until I got into latter stages of high school that I started seriously thinking about what I wanted to do with my career. And it's interesting. I got to probably about the age of 16 and I was a really, really shy kid. So um, the, the concept of me public speaking now just blows my mind because I was I had a really bad lisp when I was younger. I had a, I had a speech impediment and I really struggled to talk to anyone, let alone do any sort of public speaking. I used to get paid out quite a bit about it when I was at school. I had I had trouble saying my own name. I, I used to get R's and W's mixed up. Can I just, so um, it, just for the Victorian people and everybody else outside of South Australia, paid out means teased. Just letting them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Damo. <laughs> no worries. Thanks, Damo. <laughs> I used to get teased. Thanks, Damo. Still happens sometimes. That's all right. Um, so, but I had this speech impediment. So I was really f- hugely, hugely fearful of public speaking. I wasn't great socially. I was pretty shy. I was a, I was a bit of a nerd. Like I was, I was a massive nerd when I was in primary school. I was still pretty nerdy when I was in high school. I was pretty academic, even though I liked my football and cricket and all those sort of things. I was. I was pretty academic and I wasn't a confident person in any way, shape or form. So probably I reckon the real launch of me in terms of what I do now was I got to about the age of 16 and I kind of went, do you know what, this just isn't working for me. Like I wasn't enjoying life the way I, the, what I should be. You know, I wasn't happy. I wasn't outgoing. I wasn't social. I had zero prospects of meeting anyone from the opposite sex because I was too scared to talk to them <laughs> and, and didn't go out anywhere where I might meet one. And so... I kind of got to this stage where I went, you know what, this isn't working for me. I need to do something different. And, and I, just, I actually made a conscious decision that I wanted to try and have a bit more fun in my life and that I wanted to try and be a bit more outgoing and that I was going to say yes to more things. And that was, I reckon, probably the most pivotal moment for me was when I decided that that's what I was going to do. It probably didn't you know, enrapture my parents because my, my grades probably weren't quite as good from that point onwards as I had been previously. Not that I did badly, but I probably didn't do quite as exceptionally as I had up until that point. Uh, but I think I started getting a bit more of a well-rounded approach to life and I certainly started uh, putting myself out there a little bit more. And so I think that was sort of the launching pad for me. From there, I definitely you know, at some stage sat down and started figuring out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And for me, I actually got – do you remember the job guide? Do you remember that book, that big fat book? It's about two inches thick yeah. that has literally every single job in it. I, I literally sat down one day, probably longer than a day. I pulled out the job guide and I read through every single job in the job guide. And so what I did was I just started circling anything I was even remotely interested in because I thought well, this is a pretty big decision, you know, what I'm going to do for the rest of my life because at that stage I had the idea that whatever I picked then it was, I was going to have to stick with for the rest of my life. 
And um, and so I, I started circling them. And anything I was remotely interested in, I started learning more about. And I, I've circled chiropractic, I'm sure, purely because my two second cousins did it. And I thought, well, they're doing it. It must be something interesting. <laughs> and I started reading about it. And the more I read about it, the more it just made sense. You know, if I got my spine functioning right, then my nervous system would function right, then my body would be healthier. And so I thought, I reckon this is actually what I want to do. And And, and so I thought, well... I'm thinking of doing this thing called chiropractic. Maybe I should actually go see one because <laughs> I had no idea what Good they start. did. Good I had start. no idea. Doesn't always I knew nothing happen. about it. Yeah. And so I walked up to this chiropractor and uh, and they, they checked me out. They found some stuff that wasn't functioning so well and started adjusting it. And sure enough, stuff started to change. So up until that point, I'd never really thought of myself as being unwell. Um, but I'd always had been a bit unwell. I'd always been probably on antibiotics about half a dozen times a year just from coughs and colds. I just thought that was normal. I was asthmatic. I'd get asthma whenever I exercised or whenever I had a cough or a cold. Once again, I just thought that was normal. No one seemed to think it was a big deal. Uh, and I was actually a really bad sleeper. So it used to take me two or three hours to get to sleep each night, and I just thought that was normal. And within about three weeks of going to see this chiropractor, all this stuff started to change. Right? I've never taken an antibiotic since that day. In fact, the only medication I've taken since that day, some 18 years ago, I think they gave me something when they took out a wisdom tooth one time. And aside from that, and I didn't take whatever they gave me to take when I went home, and aside from that, I haven't taken any form of medication in that time. Um, my asthma has completely gone away, as you guys know. I ran an ultra marathon without any problems, and uh, and I all of a sudden could sleep wherever and whenever I wanted, which is awesome. I'm, nowadays, you'll see me napping in the middle of the day, no problems at all. Love it, and uh, and I love my sleep. So um, that was that was the change for me, and and I started getting into this thing called chiropractic and. You know, the more I learned about it, the more I learned about the chiropractic philosophy, the more I realized that it could be applied to all the other aspects of my life, whether that was my diet, whether that was how much I drank, whether it was my sport, all those other things. And so, you know, as I started going through my chiropractic degree, I was working at Bunnings, uh, working my way through chiropractic. I used to go, when I worked at Bunnings, I used to go down to the little deli down the road for lunch. I used to get a pie, a pasty, a 1.25 liter soft drink and a Mars bar for lunch each day. I thought that was pretty good. 1.25? Yeah. 1.25 1.25 every day. Wow. I, I used to mix it up though, like to try and get a few different nutrients in. So, you know, sometimes I'd have Coke, sometimes I'd have Fanta, you know, sometimes just I'd get have the orange, the vitamin C. Yeah. yeah. I was <laughs> just thinking to myself, at least I was getting fruit, fruit in my diet. <laughs> yeah. Strawberry. Yeah, I used, to, I used to have the raspberry sometimes, don't yeah, I? Okay, that's great. That was fruit. Right? Yeah, high in so, OPC. I used to go out probably, you know, at least Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night, I'd go to the pub and drink excessively. Um, once again, that was just what we did. That was just pretty normal for us. Most of our outings involved drinking games and drinking. And um, yeah, and I wasn't really doing any exercise. So at some stage, obviously, something clicked inside me. I was kind of learning all this cool health stuff. I was getting engrossed in this health philosophy, and I thought, this isn't heaps congruent. <laughs> you know, I'm not really practicing what I'm preaching because I wasn't actually like terribly sick. Like I don't know how, but I wasn't like. You know, I didn't have chronic fatigue. I wasn't. I was wasn't overweight. I wasn't. You know, having any obvious signs of any ill ill health. But I realised that if I kept doing what I was doing, it was only a matter of time until I got there. And so I decided to change. And obviously, you know, for me, as you know, as you know, with my book, you know, how to eat an elephant, I did it one bite at a time. You know, over the course of what is now probably eighteen years, I've just gradually changed. You know, and obviously to now, where my lifestyle now is significantly different to what it was way back then. Um, and so it's just been a, a gradual change. And I guess along the way, you know, at some stage I got kind of frustrated that, that I was learning all this information and there was just all this amazing information that was available to us as chiropractors. We'd go to these seminars, we'd get exposed to this cool stuff. And I'd realized that really, you know, once I walked out of that door, there was this whole plethora of public who just weren't getting exposed to that same information. And, and so I think that's what stimulated me to then want to do books and podcasts and seminars and talks and 
all those other things as well. Well, you've almost answered every question that we're going to ask you, so I don't know where we go to from there. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're done. <laughs> yeah, done. done. That was amazing. Great interview. Congratulations. It's great to have you here, Bretto. Bretto, <laughs> Bretto um, you, you, there's so many things that have changed in your life, um, obviously from, you know, not really, you know, knowing that you weren't going to grow up wearing suits and shoes to, uh, you know, and drawing wearing suits and shoes to um, to potentially being a physio, to then becoming a chiropractor, then meeting Lawrence, um, and, and then, you know, eventually we got the wellness guys going. Um, and kind of when we were talking about putting the wellness guys together, it was like, well, you know, Lawrence will do this and I'll do this and, and Brett will do this. Did you find it difficult at that time in your life um, as a chiropractor to move um, specifically in a direction that maybe um, it, it wasn't it – wasn't the thing that you did every single day, though you knew you could talk on it, you know, from an exercise perspective, because you are the exercise guy, the wellness guys, we, we, you know, it's been a path of discovery for you. Was it difficult to be able to learn and teach at the same time? No. <laughs> How's that? Um, I didn't find it, to be honest. I, I just felt like, um, you know, I had some information there. I think I, I've always known in, in whatever aspect I'm talking about, whether it's diet, whether it's exercise, whether it's mindset, you know, that, that I'm not the ultimate expert, you know, that I've always thought of myself as more of a generalist, you know, that there are a lot of people out there who have amazingly detailed information in very specific areas and, and they're phenomenal at it and, and I love having those people as resources. I love doing the wellness guides and we get to interview those people and, and find out those minute details and, but I've never seen that as my role. You know, I've always seen my role as taking this amazing breadth and depth of information that's out there you know, trying to understand it as well as I can with the education that I've got and the research that I've done and then package that into some sort of format that's going to be deliverable to your average person, you know, the average person on the street and, and that's going to help them just move that little bit further forwards. So I've never seen myself as needing to be the ultimate expert in any one particular area. I've always seen that so long as I've got enough information that I can help that individual just take that one step further forward on their health journey then I'm providing a role and, and giving a service and, and doing my job, essentially. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I mean, now, obviously, you, you've taken that role and, and you kind of really dive into and, and created, a, obviously, a, a massive passion for you. You know, about, a, I would say, probably a year, year and a half into it um, of doing the Wellness Guys, you know, we decided to expand our network and, you know, bring in, you know, people like Up for the Chat Girls. And, and then all of a sudden, we decided to kind of do our own podcast. And one of the podcasts that, you know, hugely successful on the Wellness Couch is the, that, that paleo show that you decided to start there. What, what was the inspiration behind that? I think it was just something I would asked about a lot. <laughs> I think I think because I've I'd done I do paleo and I'd been doing paleo for some time and probably for for a large period of that time I didn't even realise I was doing paleo. I was just kind of doing this thing and and all of a sudden paleo came along and got a bit of a label and and you know once again I was people ask me when I started doing paleo and I have no idea because I never really sat down and said I'm going to do paleo now. It's just I gradually made change after change after change and eventually it morphed into something that was you know, kind of like this thing that people call paleo. So mm. I never really made a conscious effort to do paleo. Uh, but once I realized that that's what I was doing and, and you know, obviously that some of the people that I was following who were, you know, Mark Sisson and Rob Wolf and all those cool guys who we obviously interviewed early on in the wellness guys, um, you know, once we started doing that, people just started asking about it. And, uh, 
And I realized that there was obviously a need there. There wasn't really anything in Australia at that time where people were really sharing much paleo information. Um, and so I thought, well, you know, here's a great opportunity. People are interested in hearing this information. I know a bit about it. I've got some great contacts here that we can interview and we can, you know, get a message out there. So why not? Let's just do it. Yeah, it sounds fascinating. I mean, obviously, it's, it's been great to, you know, you have, you know, discovered a, a big niche for people who wanted to get to, you know, to know more about it. Um, what do you think the biggest myth of paleo diet is is for you? Like, you know, for what, you know, of all the, I mean, because there's a lot of good things to said about it and a lot of bad yeah. things. But what's the biggest myth that or misconception, I guess, people have about the paleo diet? Oh, I think probably the biggest one is just that it's all meat. That, that you know, you just eat just meat, <laughs> and uh, I think people, some people seem to literally think that all I eat is meat. <laughs> I don't actually eat anything else, so that's that's probably the biggest one. But you know, even just today, I was having a discussion with a cafe owner, and he was talking about paleo, and he said, you know, he said, look, I've got these other options here, and I've got these vegan options, but they're not really compatible with paleo. And I said, well, actually, that vegan meal you've got right there, that's paleo, and he was just like, what? And it, but it doesn't have any meat. And I said, yeah, but it doesn't have any wheat. It doesn't have any dairy. It doesn't have any soy. You know, that's actually a paleo meal. And he was very, very confused by that concept, right? So I think people misunderstand paleo that it has to be meat or even that it has to be high fat or low fat or, you know, whatever their concept of a paleo diet is. And really it's just, you know, it's getting back to eating lots of whole real foods. It is, you know, not having the dairy. If you're doing a strict paleo, it's it's not having the grains. It's not having the, the soy and the legumes. And so it's just, it's lots of food and it's mostly vegetables. So, you know, based on, on, on that, what is the, what do you think the, you know, how, because there's some people in regards to paleo, there's always like, there's people who are hundred percent like on one side. And then there's like people yeah. who are dabbing into it. And then there's like people in the middle. So like on a percentage scale, like if, if hundred percent, you know, is like you're full on following every single rule, whereabouts are you? I love to hear that, that percentage, because I think people have this awesome misconception that, you know, just because you label yourself and it's a label, yeah. really, it basically comes down to you that yeah. you are always like that. Like you're always hundred percent. I'll love to hear from you specifically yeah, you know, under the percentage of the meals in a in a week, you know how in every meal that you choose, what percentage would you be that's uh, strictly paleo? Yeah, well, the honest answer is I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> but yes. the second answer, Just I mean, it's, def- it's definitely not a hundred percent. Right, I can guarantee you, it's definitely not a hundred percent. I would say it's probably somewhere around ninety percent paleo. Okay, right? that's good. I think it's good to list for listeners to hear that because oftentimes yeah. they, you know, they hear paleo. You know, uh, Brett's the paleo guy, and he's running this podcast called the Paleo Show, and they say he's got a hundred percent, and he's very, very yeah. strict. But I just uh, want to be clear. I think it's really important for people to know that you know, not all of us are hundred percent exactly to that thing because it's just. You know, that's what we talk about. Doesn't mean that we do this consistently, hundred percent, all the time. Yeah, and you know, if people want to read about that, I actually just wrote an article on that for my website. So if oh, they go to drbretthill.com, they can see my article. I actually called it "Why I Never Cheat," and uh, just because people love that, think they think I never cheat. And and the whole reason I wrote it was that I actually don't consider it cheating. Like I do about ninety percent paleo, let's say, and uh, but I don't consider that cheating. I just consider that looking after myself, and and I eat. Um, you know what I think is right for my body at the time, mm. and I make the best choices I can at the time, taking into account you know what is the ideal nutrients I think for my body, which I find is paleo, but also taking into account that there are other stuff that I want to get done. That that sometimes there's not the availability of the foods that I want to have. That that sometimes there are you know I just feel like something else, or I feel stressed, or I feel whatever, and I make a different choice. And that there's more factors that come into this whole decision than just is it paleo or not. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. Hi. There's a whole bunch of people listening right now. And they're thinking, 
I wonder what Brett actually eats when he's cheating. So, <laughs> tell us. I knew you were going to ask clean. that. Come clean. What are you eating? All right. Tell so, us. What is things it? Things that I eat when I'm cheating. Chocolate. So, what's that? Chocolate. Chocolate. Yeah, I eat yes. chocolate when I'm cheating. I've um, right. I've had a I've had a bit of a stressful period over the last couple of months, and and I've realised in the last little bit that one of the things I have been going to more often than I should be is chocolate. I do eat like you know when I eat chocolate, I eat like eighty five percent, ninety percent chocolate. So I eat like the good stuff with so less really sugar in it, all that sort of stuff. Still doing paleo, but well, it's not paleo because <laughs> it's got sugar in it, right? So it's yeah. not a hundred percent paleo, is it? No, a hundred percent paleo would be like zero sugar or it's, you know just honey no or dairy. something like that. Yeah. Right? it's probably eighty five percent. So it's not perfect. And do you know what I've noticed <laughs> is that it? I think actually as much as anything, it's probably the the caffeine level within that that's actually been affecting me, and I think it's actually been making me more stressed. And over the last week, I haven't done it. I've been feeling heaps better. Anyway, that's just an aside. So that's definitely one thing. You know, sometimes I'll go and, um, you know, I'll be at a cafe and I'll be looking like what's the best option here and there'll be something there that is not paleo but it's, you know, gluten-free, dairy-free, you know, and I'll pick that. So it might be a a salad. It might be a a nut ball. It might be a, you know, something of that nature that's, you know, paleo-ish but not totally paleo. And and that's the sort of stuff. I mean, I – when, when I talk about cheating, I don't I don't eat bread unless it's like you know from the paleo cafe and they make paleo bread. I don't eat pasta. Um, I really I, I don't eat soy unless there's you know a minute amount of soy maybe sometimes in in some meal I buy from a shop somewhere. But um, you know, are you that, strict? Are much. you strict when you when you go to a shop? Um, you know when you're traveling, for example, if you go, you don't have to go to a grocery store. But do you do you look at the packet and make sure all the stuff, or do you just know certain things and you just buy? Like, are you that strict and looking at every single ingredient in the, in the packet? I'll generally look at every single ingredient in the packet mm-hmm. and then sometimes I'll decide that, you know what, that's close enough and I'll go for it. Yep. And, and other times I'll go, do you know what, no, I'll just, I'll just skip it right now because that's not going to be what I'm after. Yep. So, yeah, I generally always read it and make an informed choice because I think that's important. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always conscious of – but, you know what, other times I'll go out and I might, for example, you know, be traveling and I'll go for a big breakfast and I'll order my big breakfast. I'll say, you know, no toast, no hash brown, can be lots of, you know, steamed spinach and avocado and that sort of stuff. But I won't necessarily go to the depth of saying what oil are you cooking with, you know, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. You know, are you cooking it on the same plate as you might have cooked some bread or I don't know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't necessarily go to that depth of analysis, which I know some people do. Mm. Um, but, you know, so, you know, once again, that's probably something, there's probably sometimes stuff I'm eating that's cooked in vegetable oils, um, which is less than ideal. But, you know, sometimes that happens. So, Brett, I'd love to know um, a little bit more about you as a person now. And uh, since we talked a little bit about health stuff, but uh, what's been the biggest challenge or accomplishment that you've had in your short life of you know thirty someone years old? Let's start with biggest, accomplishment. Let's do accomplishment first. Biggest accomplishment's easy. My biggest accomplishment is my two kids. Uh, I, I love my two oh, kids to bits. Yeah. I'm so proud of my two kids, mm. and um, you know they are they're, they're the thing that I am most proud of in this world. Without a Shadow of a doubt. Um, so that's that's easy. Uh, what was the other part of the question? What's the biggest challenge? Biggest What's the biggest challenge, challenge in your life? Biggest challenge. Um, oh, there's been there's been a few along the way. I would say, without a doubt, the biggest challenge for me has been the separation of my family. Mm. Um, that you know happened probably well, almost two years ago now, and uh, that was a big challenge for me. That that was a big challenge in terms of um, that that family, which I hold pretty dear. That was something pretty. Um, Special to me, it was, wasn't it? Uh, but also, it it really shook it shook my foundations of why I did everything that I do. Um, it really caused me to bring into question everything that I was doing and why I was doing it. Because um, you know, my reason for doing it had always been all about my family. 
and and wanting to provide for my family and wanting to create an environment for my family to grow up in and you know so it, it really shook that and it, it made me uh, question everything I was doing it really challenged my motivation to keep doing all of the things that I was doing and, and question whether that's what I wanted to keep doing and and that was that was really uh, challenging you know probably I look back on it now and think Do you know what that's great you know those those questions that I asked in that time were awesome and and will you know serve me for the rest of my life uh but gee at the time it was pretty tough mm, yeah well i remember coming to your house and having dinner <clears throat> you remember that we had um koala soup and possum <laughs> <laughs> possum tail dessert we and, but we had that beautiful roast and amber and i came and joined you and beck and we had this beautiful roast and it was and it was great and the kids were there and it was it was awesome and i saw how much you loved your family and i watched you get rocked i watched you get blown to pieces and it was really hard to watch that from my perspective and I don't know it was for Lawrence to watch that and see that and observe that and uh, in his last two years you've shown incredible amazing resolve um, beyond the strength of many other people and many other men and women that Lawrence and I know wouldn't have coped the way in which you've coped what would you put down as the key couple or maybe dozen things you know as many as you like the key things that you've done that have helped you cope and get through this period of time and and how has your resolve changed now like in terms of is it still you know all for the family it's just that your family's changed yeah. um such a good questions a couple of really good questions there so i think that the number one thing i reckon i've done over that time that stood me in really good stead is be really really brutally honest with myself i reckon that's the number one thing so really analyzing what happened, why it happened, you know, what part I played in that, what my role was in that, um, you know, what things that I could work on and improve on, you know, what things that, what lessons there were for me to take forward. Um, so I think that was probably the number one thing for me. Um, and, and, you know, probably in the early days of that, I probably went a bit too hard at that. I probably beat myself up a bit too much trying to do that and trying to, uh, you know, get back on track and I guess, you know, maybe you want to accelerate the process of going through that learning and healing and that journey. Um, but I think I did, you know, I delved into it pretty deep and really analysed it. Uh, one of the great things I did, uh, you know, we interviewed on the show, um, I've had a blank name now, uh, Byron Katie. Byron Katie, yeah. And, uh, and her work was phenomenal for me. Um, I really delved into that and really got into that. And, and once again, that really did enable me to analyse uh, what my part in it was and, and why I was reacting in certain ways to certain things that were going on. And, and I found that incredibly beneficial. Um, so I, I think it was that introspection. And, um, you know, I think that the biggest thing for me is probably the understanding that that I do control my life, you know, that, that, I, that my actions are what's going to determine the outcome and, and how I live my life, you know, you kind of you get what you put in, you know. And I think from my wellness philosophy, that was, you know, that, that's really, you know, my philosophy has probably been the core that's got me through everything. Yeah. You know, my, my wellness understanding of just how life works and how the body works and how is, the universe works. Is that more works. of a chiropractic philosophy than a wellness yeah, philosophy? Very much. Yeah. yeah, very much. Well, I think it's the same, one and the same, but it very much came from chiropractic. That's yeah. where I got it from, yeah. 100%. And, uh, and I think if I didn't have that, I, I would have struggled a lot more than I did. Uh, but I think that 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 rock, you know, that foundational philosophy allowed me to then, uh, you know, take it all on board and say, look, you know, I do, I am in control here. I do get to choose how I want to deal with this. I get to choose how I want to let this affect me. I get to choose what I want to do going forwards. And so, you know, that's what I guess uh, pushed me to to do that work 
and to work on myself and to work on my life and to work on figuring out you know what it is that I did want to do from here what what are my motivations why do I want to do this and and so that was that was a huge part of it going forwards and the second part of your question Damien you know one of the things that really changed for me with that was understanding that um that going forwards I didn't want to have a um a why for everything I did that was solely outside of myself you know I realized that that having a why that revolved around my family was a great thing and that was important to me and still is very important to me. Uh, but I also realized that I needed to create a component of my why that was just about me too. Yeah. Um, and that I had to understand that if I didn't look after myself, if I didn't prioritize myself, if I didn't you know, do the things that I love doing and, and make time for me, then I wasn't going to be able to be there for my family either. And so I think now, you know, whenever I think about my why now, I kind of have this you know, dichotomy going there, this, this dual purpose. And it's always my kids you know, is a huge part of it. But it's also about me, you know. And and for me, when I think about me, I think about um, having fun in life, you know, that, that having joy in life. And and what you know, what switches me on, what gets me excited, what's my passion, what do I love doing? And and you know, obviously those two meld together beautifully. And and in the life that I've now got and that I'm creating now, then then those two coexist really beautifully. Um, but I think that was a lesson for me. I think was was making sure that I. You know, had some stuff that was just for me too. Mm. I mean, guys, I'm loving this, and uh, that's why we saved him for the best for last, right? So, I'd love to. I mean, just to put some context around this, because um, you kind of we did say it, but people who may not know the story, um, you know, when the break of the family, we we just meant that you had a separation with your wife, and so I think it's important because people might be asking, like, what what happened? So, just want to be clear on that. Um, listen, we got you know a couple more minutes here, and uh, I'd love to just ask a couple more questions. I will have a round robin questions so or five questions, but I have one question for you. What's the future for you? Like, what's the future hold for you? What what do you what's your vision of, of what you want to create for yourself? It's such a good question, and I think do you know what I think. Over the last two years, I've been getting a lot closer to that, and I think I'm still figuring it out. I think we're all um, figuring it out, but yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I, but I definitely see a vision. That my my vision for me in the future is um, one where uh, I have lots of freedom. I think that's something that means a lot to me, and I have lots of fun. Mm. And so my vision is to create uh, a world where I get to um, I get to travel. You know, I get lots of time to myself. Um, I get to have, you know, have my property and my little, you know, maybe little hobby farm and my little, you know, stuff around me. I get, I get to spend lots of time outdoors. And at the same time, I get to share that with lots and lots and lots of people. So uh, to, you know, to share those, that knowledge and that experience that I gain from that, whether it's through podcasts, whether it's through television, whether it's through books, whether it's through eBooks, you know, to share that more and more with people. Mm. Um, I think probably one area I will lean towards a lot more in the future will be Doing stuff with kids because um, that's something I'm really passionate about. Um, I'm I'm just at the moment finishing off my ebook on how to get kids to eat healthy, which I'm really excited about. Um, so that'll be you know hopefully readily ready and available within the next few months. Is that the time? Um, I I don't know. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> Possibly. How do you, um, how do you eat finished, a child? I've just finished my my ebook on my electrolyte drink, which I think I may have spoken about in episode one of the Wellness Guys about putting that together. Four years, so I've, yes. I've okay. finally finished that. The ebook is done. Well done. It may even be available on my website by the time this episode goes live. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but I, but I think definitely doing some more stuff with kids because that's a huge passion of mine. And and I think at some stage in the future, doing something somehow related to Indigenous health is going to be something that I would like to pursue in the future as well. 
That's As in understanding Indigenous cultures and medicine or actually going out there and helping the Indigenous people? As in helping Indigenous people understand um, how their their knowledge, mm-hmm. their experiences, their history their um, can be brought forward into a modern context and actually can be the answer to their health problems um, rather than something that's holding them back. Nice. Mm. Very cool. Boom. Very cool. Boom. Listen, so I got to, um, we're, we're at the point of at the end of the podcast, but I have five quick quickies, oh, right? Five quickies um, just to kind of get you to answer these in very, very short form. So quick round robin lightning round. Um, and so are you ready for this? Yeah, I've got a buzzer ready. Okay, go. <laughs> Favorite book? Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> so tough. Uh, I would say probably The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Cool. Very cool. Uh, favorite movie? Uh, Fight Club. Cool. Oh, interesting. Really? All right. Wow. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Or, or actually, can I say another one? Sure. Two Hands right. with Heath Ledger. Love that too. Um, I thought it was Brokeback Mountain that you liked. You <laughs> 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 you're just, you know, I'm sure you told me that once before. But, uh, <laughs> Favorite food? Favorite food? Oh, bacon and eggs. All right. Um, if you're not a podcaster, a well-known famous podcaster and a chiropractor, well, who would you be? Bear Grylls. <laughs> uh, you almost are. <laughs> You're almost there. Uh, last question. I, I want to do that one day. That's, that's in my future too, Lawrence. I'm going to do a doco one day, which is a combination of a health doco and a survival doco. Wow. Oh, there you go. Nice. There you go. Okay, okay. How to survive healthy in the wild. Um, yeah. So this, this last question here is, if you could have dinner or um, meet anybody, alive or dead, um, who would it be? Oh, gee, that's a tough question. That's a tough question. Um, Miranda Kerr. Really? Wow. <laughs> How's that? We can probably make that happen. Yeah, we can actually make that happen. We can actually make that happen. We that's got our connections. So. That's not going <laughs> to be too happen. hard. You could have wished for something harder, but it was, you know, there you go. Happy, <laughs> happy birthday, Bretto. Nice. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed our interview with our famous Dr. Brett Hill. Um, check out his books. I know he's got, uh, obviously, How to Eat an Elephant, um, and uh, he's got several books on the go. Like right now, it looks like he's got three, like just about to be published here. So that that sounds right. exciting. And the best running feel, ones there on I'm the website. Lazy. I'm there. so lazy. Oh, man. I'm just like, I better start writing. <laughs> I'm going to get writing. <laughs> Maybe not. Right. <laughs> you say writing, Lawrence? Yeah, exactly. Writing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I'll ever write a book. But <laughs> anyways, speak, guys, he'll speak the book. He'll speak the book exactly. Okay, Someone on Voxer. <laughs> Maybe you can write it for me, Brett. <laughs> Voxer, Voxer, Brett, the chapters. Yeah, guys, uh, go to our Facebook page. Uh, go to uh, thewellnessguys.com or thewellnesscouch.com. Actually, our our brand new wellnesscouch.com website is yeah, now yeah. up alive. We're obviously you know fine tuning a couple of things, obviously because a lot of content has been shifted from our old website to our new website. I'd love to hear your feedback on our new website. Go to our Facebook page on uh, and tell us what you think about the new website. What's missing? If you can help us as a tribe to help us figure out like what's wrong, what's missing, and I know a whole bunch of people have been emailing us. Uh, that would be really helpful for us to kind of uh, iron out all the little details. So while you're there on Facebook, if you haven't liked us there, make sure you like us there. Share this podcast with your friends, family, and other strangers you think need an wellness update. Subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, also leave a comment because that's going to help us in our rankings uh, there and also get this podcast out to as many people as possible. So until next week, begin creating wellness to our lives. Lead by example and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guy Show. It's to have LT back, isn't it? It is good to have LT back. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. 
Austin Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners. These podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.